Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Joanne Ross with Agriculture in the Classroom Canada. Also, we'll get a crop update from Alberta. And at first, in today's country comment, we'll chat with the new Chief Grain Inspector for Canada. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Canadian Grain Commission has appointed Derek Bankowski as the new Chief Grain Inspector for Canada. I caught up with Derek last week. I'm really honoured to uh, have the opportunity to to work in the capacity of the Chief Grain Inspector for Canada. Uh, I've been involved in the ag sector for going on 27 years now. when I graduated from agriculture at the University of Manitoba uh, back in 1994, I, I worked in the private sector for private grain companies for about seven years. And then in 2001, I, I moved to the Grain Commission and started out as an assistant grain inspector. And I've worked my way up of inspection. And, and now uh, I've finally gotten to the position of the chief. So it's, uh, it's a really important position being responsible for, for grain quality in Canada. And uh, I'll also let you know that you know I was raised on a farm uh, near Brunkill, Manitoba. I was actively involved on that grain farm uh, from a very young age up until about three years ago. So my experience uh, farming and working in the private sector and working for the Grain Commission it's all given me a lot of exposure to the different challenges faced by different, uh, different people in the sector. And, and I, I look forward to, to continue to work towards making sure that our standards of grain are set appropriately. And if there needs to be changes made, we will, we will do that based on, based on the research that we do at the Grain Commission. So I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to guide and, and lead our inspection team here in Canada. The chief grain inspector position is, um, you know, it's one of the only positions specified in the Canada Grain Act. Talk a little bit more about what's all involved in, in, in that position. Well, uh, I mean, uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's my name that's being signed on the certificate finals when vessels are leaving the country to assure that the quality of the vessel is what it says it is. So there's, there's that aspect of it, which makes it very important. And we have a large inspection team, uh, you know, across the country, many inspectors, and there's, there's training of those inspectors and, and making sure that our work is being done accurately. So there's a lot of work that goes into making sure our program is running smoothly in that regard, as well as setting our standards. That's the main a main uh, responsibility of the chief grain inspector is to, to make sure our standards of, of grain are appropriate. And we work in conjunction with the sector on that through the Western and, and Eastern Standards Committee to review and, and make sure those standards are, are where they need to be. That was Derek Bunkowski, the new chief grain inspector for Canada. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Bacterial blight in oats was discussed in the latest crop pest update. David Kaminsky is with Manitoba Agriculture. Bacterial blight in oats is um, a disease that we see quite commonly year to year, um, but this year it seems to be very widespread 
And I think that it has a lot to do with the very high winds that we had this spring, causing a kind of sandblasting of leaves, especially the early leaves. And um, that opens up the leaves, the injury to the leaf, to um, bacterial infection. Kaminsky says applying fungicide will not help the situation. And Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's new drought outlook tool predicts drought conditions 30 days into the future. Here's agroclimate specialist Trevor Hadwin. We've linked our current conditions, uh, the Canadian Drought Monitor, to the Environment Canada forecast. So the Environment Canada and Climate Change Canada provides a 30-day forecast into the future. We've tried to link the, the current conditions of drought to that forecast by using a, a machine-based learning model that helps develop drought indices into the future and kind of predicts the classification of drought in 30 days. Go to AFC's Drought Watch website for details. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire from Monday, June 28th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get a crop update from Alberta. Today, Glendalee Allen Vosser talks with Alberta agriculture crop statistician Ashan Schusterian about the latest crop conditions. Ashan, what is happening with the soil moisture in the province? Did we see any change from the previous week? Showers over the past week maintained soil moisture through the middle third of the province and improved soil moisture for much of the Peace region. Meanwhile, precipitation was very limited in the south region. Currently, soil moisture levels across the province vary. Soil moisture levels through much of the south region are estimated to contain 20 to 40 millimeters of water available for plant growth. In the central region, soil moisture levels range from 20 millimeters of water available for plant in the southern parts of the region to 140 millimeters in the northern and western areas. Across the northeast and northwest regions, plant available moisture is estimated at minimum 60 millimeter, with large areas containing 120 to 140 millimeter of plant available moisture. For the Peace region, soil moisture levels are limited to 40 millimeter of plant available water in the central Peace and increased through the western and southern areas to above 120 millimeter. Provincial surface soil moisture is rated at 12% poor, 28% fair, 74% good, 12% excellent, and 1% excessive with similar ratings for subsurface soil moisture. There is a heat wave in the forecast for the province following by severe thunderstorm activities with very little certainty in timing, areas affected, and severity. Impounding hot temperatures could use up moisture reserves and cause negative impacts on crops and forages across the province, especially in the South and Peace regions. What do we see happening with tame hay and and pasture crops right now? Hay and pasture growing conditions remain variable across the province. Forages are in good condition in most areas of the central, northeast, and northwest regions, while in the south region, they are under stress from dry conditions. 
pasture and tame hay growing conditions for the peace region improved from a week ago, but still are not in good shape. Lack of moisture coupled with hot temperatures in the forecast could be detrimental. Provincial pasture conditions are now reported as 9% poor, 34% fair, 51% good, and 6% excellent with similar ratings for tame hay conditions. What about crop condition and development? Provincially, 80% of crops are rated in good or excellent condition, slightly above the five-year average of 78% and the 10-year average of 75%. Regional growing condition ratings dropped from a week ago in all regions, but the northeast region where it remained unchanged and the peace region where it improved by 3%. Compared to the regional five-year averages, Crop conditions are better than normal in all regions, except for the south, where crops are under critical moisture stress. That's Ashan Shusterian for Golden West. I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glendalee. Last week, Protein Industries Canada announced an investment into a project to develop a national strategy to improve diversity and inclusion of Indigenous groups in the Canadian agriculture and agri-food sector. Kelly Lense is the president and CEO of Indigenous Works. This project is really focusing on, on, on Indigenous agribusiness. And uh, what's facing all Canadians in the wake of COVID was this whole area of food security and food sovereignty. We were hearing from Indigenous communities that this is uh, top of mind as well. And as we start to look into this, we are looking at how do we use research and innovation to better grow the businesses, the economic opportunities, the products, the systems, the supply chains in different sectoral areas. And the number one priority was the agribusiness area. So that was uh, why we focused on that. We built this out, protein industry the council, of course, was on board, as well as Ag Canada. And uh, uh, we have a supporting, uh, this whole initiative is presented by our lead sponsor, Nutrient. And really, we're going to, by working with them and partners like agri- different universities, Farm Credit Corporations and others, we're going to develop out a, a five-year Indigenous agribusiness strategy. Talk a little bit about that uh, that strategy and what uh, what that will entail. So, no one has done uh, mapped out the the participation level in, in in agribusiness across Canada, and yet we do know that there are many Indigenous uh, entrepreneurs as well as communities that have vested themselves in everything from protein crops to specialty foods like mushrooms and berries and and so on. So, if we could first of all map out uh, where and who is doing what we'd be able to um, start with a baseline of agribusiness activity. From there, we'll be able to look at how do we support these uh, initiatives to grow grow their capacity, uh, obviously grow their businesses and their opportunities, and also to look at partnerships. Where are their partnerships with ma- mainstream Canada and these groups? So like you said, this is um, rather exciting been some initial work done by Farm Credit Corporation where they did a survey of Indigenous uh, businesses in the agribusiness area. It was a great start, and so we're going to be building a 
upon some of that formative work. But like I said, no one has really um, done this deeper analysis that we're going to be undertaking. That was Kelly Lensay, President and CEO of Indigenous Works. Last week, Protein Industries Canada announced an investment into a project to develop a national strategy to improve diversity and inclusion of Indigenous groups in the Canadian agriculture and agri-food sector. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Aguire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The CFAM Radio 950 Farmer Appreciation Lunch takes place July 13th in Plum Coulee at the Harvest Christian Fellowship Church. It'll be a drive through event. Lunch will be served from 1130 until 1. The grand prize this year is a Meridian Grain Max Hopper bottom bin valued at more than $20,000. This year's sponsors include DMM Energy and Winkler, Farm Credit Canada, and GJ Chemical. Farm Credit Canada is offering a free online workshop entitled The Modern Family Farm Transition. That'll take place July 13th. Visit the FCC website to register. The Egg in Motion Research and Tire Kicking event takes place July 20th. Visit the Egg in Motion website for details. And the Canadian Semental Association has moved its AGM to an online setting this year. It'll take place July 24th. Visit their website for viewing information. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, we're joined by Joanne Ross, Executive Director for Agriculture in the Classroom Canada. Joanne talked about what they have planned for the year ahead. We're hoping that that we're going to have a little bit more of an in-person presence over the coming school year, but that will remain to be seen. So we will continue to do what we always do. Um, We'll be continuing to populate our Canadian Curriculum Connected Resource Matrix. So I've talked to you about that before, Corey, but that's where any teacher in Canada can go on to our Curriculum Connected Matrix and they can download lesson plans and learning tools for them to use that are connected directly to their provincial curriculum. We're also expanding all of the pieces of our current website with all sorts of different um, learning opportunities. But really exciting is our thinkag.ca career exploration uh, website, which is separate from our main website. But this gives the opportunity for students, teachers, parents to go in and find out all the exciting and inspiring careers that are available in agriculture and food and also find more about, you know, post-secondary education and scholarships and career profiles, all sorts of different things on thinkag.ca. We're also really excited, um, keeping on the digital learning um, train, we're uh, developing our very own learning management system, which is for teachers to go in and deliver learning through an online platform. So all of our um, offerings can be interactively delivered through this learning management system. So this is something we're just starting to build, Corey, and we're really looking forward to offering some learning on that starting in the fall. Anything else to highlight? You know, we always just want to thank all our supporters from across the country, and Manitoba specifically has such a strong support for agriculture in the classroom, Manitoba, and we're very interested in hearing from folks that are interested in our work. So reach out anytime at aitc-canada.ca. 
and you can find any of the provinces right through that uh, Canadian website. And we'd love to hear from you if you're interested in volunteering or if you just have an idea. We'd love to hear from you. That was Joanne Ross, Executive Director with Agriculture in the Classroom Canada. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has developed a new drought outlook tool. The tool predicts drought conditions 30 days into the future. Here's agro-climate specialist Trevor Hadwin. In the past, we haven't been doing very much prediction of drought at all. We've always looked at how things might result if we get a little bit of rain here and there, uh, but we've never had a the ability to fully understand how drought may evolve over the, the next month. This is a fairly significant advancement. The process that we've launched uh, recently in terms of the drought outlook will continue to improve as the model develops and as we, we keep, continue to tweak and add new data to it. Go to AAFC's Drought Watch website for details. And one of the topics covered in the latest crop pest update was lower canopy lesions in field peas. David Kaminsky is with Manitoba Agriculture. Field peas have taken a surge in acreage because of the interest in pea protein. Again, uh, it seems to be uh, a bacterial blight that is the most common thing out there in the field. There is another disease, a fungal disease, the Aspicita complex. Some of that complex is known as Mycosorella. And the symptoms of Mycosorella and bacterial blight can be quite similar. Mycosorella blight you probably see in fields where there was a, a tighter rotation, where peas were grown once every three years or something like that. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details on the latest Stats Canada crop acreage reports. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.